Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're not listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building. I got my guy over here, GB. What up? What up, Keith? Coach how you, Keith. How you back. feeling? Yeah, I'm good, man. man. I, good to hear you're back in the action, back on the field. Yeah, I got a little quick story to tell, you know, down the road. Tell we'll get that into, story. We'll, we'll, get, tell it, we'll, that get, story, we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll get into that. But uh, we out here, baby. The transparent truth. We're in the building. Uh, this is our season preview show. Our season preview show. We're going to be looking at the top teams in the top divisions of the Southern section. We're going to be breaking down the teams, looking at players, talking about matchups, looking at coaches. We got a good show. We got a good show. So we're going to get rolling. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Uh, we got some recruiting news, Greg. We always like to start with some recruiting news, kind of highlight the kids out there. What you got for us, GB? Always start off with a little recruiting nuggets here and there. Not, not too much going on this week, but have to talk about a guy named Manny Allen. Yeah. Pulling up the trifecta. <laughs> the triple play. <laughs> last year, we had your boy, Jameer Calvin. Yeah. Committed three times, but shoot, the last one was on signing day, not before the season even started. We got Manny, who flipped from Nebraska to Louisville. Interesting. Started off with the USC commit to Nebraska. Now he's going to, I don't think Manny's even been to Louisville yet. Obviously, great school, especially if you're a wide receiver. They do a great job with the passing offense over there at Louisville. So Manny Allen. Flipping from Nebraska to Louisville. What do you think about Manny? Break down his game a little bit for me. You know, I really like Manny as a possession receiver, kind of working underneath the coverage. He has the ability to get vertical, but I like him more kind of in the mid-range. Manny's got a long frame. He's got a big catch radius. uh, Catches the ball very smoothly. He's a good route runner. Doesn't have the explosive speed to take the top off the defense just yet. Uh, but is a, is, a, is a long strider, can get in and out of his breaks. Really loved him in that Centennial offense, the wide open offense, and getting him, you know, matchup advantages on the, on the outside. Uh, I think he's going to do a great job at Louisville. Hopefully uh, he sticks with that deal uh, because right now he's on a record setting pace. <laughs> that would be a record setting pace, man. He's got, like, got at least one or two more in him potentially. You think? Maybe. maybe. We're, we're all just playing, Manny. We hope you stick with Louisville and have a great, uh, great career there. Griffin O'Connor, kind of a cool story. Edison High School, Huntington Beach. Uh, committed to UNLV. Talked to him a couple nights ago. Uh, UNLV commit. Uh, a few days after that UNLV commit, he got offered by Yale. 
Yeah. Ivy League kid. If you know this kid at all, he's just an Ivy League kid. Solid, hmm. solid kid. Uh, took a visit out there, did a camp with them, fell in love with the place. And wow. in his eyes, it was rough. I mean, this is a guy who specifically said, you know, I, I, I'm not going to ever flip on my wife. I'm not going to ever leave my kids. So for me, commitment is big. He's all, but this is Yale. Yeah. And this is a 40-year decision, not just a four-year decision. Uh, so he went ahead and made that decision, the tough decision. I love the coaches at UNLV, love Tony Sanchez. We all do. But he decided to go to Yale. And uh, just a great fit for him on and off the field. Griffin O'Connor going to Yale. You know, it's kind of like being married to your high school sweetheart. And next thing you know, Beyonce's knocking on your door once your wife's at work. Now, you can open that door. And Beyonce's standing there, and you can take her by the hand, and she can take you by the hand. You guys can go on your merry way and have a happy life. Or you can stick with your high school sweetheart and be very miserable. Wow. It's up to you. Hey, so we're I'm calling, not leaving my wife. I'm not hey, leaving mine. But hey, My wife be, is Beyonce. But, but hey, be, hey, listen, that's a good thing for you. But say, listen, some guys, they, they'll, they'll chase Beyonce down. It sounds like that's what Griffin's going to do. So shout out to Griffin. And listen, hard to argue with the Ivy League uh, education and Ivy League opportunity. Um, a guy who's going to set himself up for tremendous success in the future. It's probably going to be mine or your boss one day. So um, cannot, cannot knock the decision that he made to decommit and then commit to Yale. And uh, I think it's a great decision for him and his family and you know, shout out to those guys. Fuck, it was much nicer the way I, the way I put it, the way you put it. Listen, I, I'm, I feel like I made Griffin look good, and you making him look like he's cheating on his wife. You know what? I'm just doing what I do. You are doing what you do. How about how about Charles Ross? Hey, man, Carl's Culver City. Yep, wide receiver. Yep, 16 years old. Yeah, young first grade. I know you love that. Love it. B2G kid. Yeah, long time guy with Ron Allen. Nevada commits to Nevada. East Scott was he, big with him. Uh, also got a, a ton of personal attention from Coach Norvell, the head guy. He came down to San Diego State and Nevada. Hmm. SDSU, he visited both schools. Really liked it at SDSU quite a bit. Just felt like Nevada wanted him a little bit more. Uh, he likes the direction Nevada's going in. He knows uh, San Diego State is already a, a top 30 program. Sure. But he feels that Nevada's going to get there. And he liked the idea of kind of being a part of, of you know, a building program. And uh, again, it all comes down to relationships. Coach Norvell and East Scott did a great job with Mr. Charles Ross, a wide receiver. Kid can go. Like you said, it comes down to relationships. East Scott getting it done out here um, in Southern California with mm-hmm. Nevada. I mean, considering, like you said, San Diego State's a top 25 program, and um, they should have had the inside track on this kid. Yeah. But like you said, relationships, Jay Norvell, camping. And uh, Nevada getting it done out here in SoCal. Doing good. Building up their talent pipeline. They're going to do a nice job in a couple of years. Don't worry about it. I think so. I think so as well. Uh, How about Patrick Nunn from St. Francis up in Northern California, coached by a guy I covered back in the day, Patty Walsh, De La Salle, Spartan. Patrick Nunn is going to Washington State. I love this guy at the NorCal Nike camp. Nunn is a a 6'3", 210-pound receiver, big-body kid, but I could easily see this guy at 230, maybe 235. So kind of maybe a hybrid receiver, H-back. They don't use the tight end a a ton at Washington State, but this guy can do some things. And again, I I love the physicality. I love the hands. Uh, It just seems to know how to get open. Really smart, highly intelligent kid. So Washington State, man, when they they basically, when they get a receiver, uh, they're going to use him. They're going to maximize his talents. Great offense. A lot of guys that they took, I was like, okay, he's all right. He goes there and catches 80 balls. So sure. Wazoo is a great fit for anybody. I think Nunn's going to fit in really well there. Can, never can knock a pass catcher going to go play for Mike Lee. Guy's going to throw it around the yard. 
and you're going to get multiple opportunities to make plays down the field with the football. Great pickup for Washington State. Congratulations, the Nunn family. How about UCLA for the third time this year? I believe it's the third time going to Florida for a prospect. Another DB, Kendrick Terrain, had offers from Tennessee, Auburn, North Carolina, a few other schools. He's a kind of a swing corner slash nickel slash safety. But uh, Kendrick Terrain committed a couple days ago to UCLA again. Uh, UCLA is trying to build a little bit, little bit of a pipeline into South Florida. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a West Coast guy, but I've been to South Florida enough to say, pains me to say. Best athletes in the world are in South Florida. I, I will say it. I'll admit to it. Uh, Kendrick Terrain, good-looking DB, and an interesting strategy by UCLA because it's a pretty deep year for, for DB town out here. But you know what? They see guys out in South Florida that want to come out west. I guess you can't knock them for going out there and, and getting a guy, yeah? No question. I mean, South Florida, like you said, it's kind of the hub of you know the superior, the super athletes right now. And, uh, you know, we get we don't shy away from that competition out here in Southern California, but they got some heat out there. UCLA going down to South Florida, nabbing another guy, beating the SEC for another guy. Um, I know they beat the SEC for, I believe, a running back earlier in the year um, or a linebacker. Yeah, well, they had a the running back. Yeah, and they yeah. got Montgomery, a DB from the from the South Florida area a couple right, weeks ago. Right, right. So. so UCLA getting it done, man, getting out of state, cherry-picking guys. Ain't mad at them. Hey, seeing, seeing what I just said, I'm still I'm still taking Bosco over St. Thomas Aquinas any day. No question. And we'll get to that we'll get to that a little, little later. Yep. Last but not least, let's go to the 2019 class. Nathan Kalepo, big time guy, a Scout 100 kid, uh, could be among the top one or two tackles in the West Coast 2019 class. He's an in-state guy going to Washington. The Huskies able to keep him. Came down to Oregon, Washington, UCLA. That was his final three. Decided to stay in state. Big-time tackle going to UW. Spoke to some coaches out in the Pacific Northwest who who've worked with this guy. They say he could be the best tackle prospect coming out of Northwest um, in the last 10 years. They really love this kid. They love his feet. They love his size, his length, his aggressiveness, his smarts. Great pickup for UW. Coach Peterson getting it done, keeping guys home. And uh, it's always great to have that edge protector considering there are evenly balanced run pass team this guy can run block come off the ball and be physical he's got the feet and the balance and footwork the kick step stay in front of the edge rushers great pickup for the huskies tell you what i, I like Kalepo a lot but he's gonna have to get a lot better to, to match up with foster sorrell from a couple years ago so those guys who are telling you that last decade stuff might want to go put on some foster sorrell film I that, asked that guy them, was generational i asked them about that and they said this kid is going to be better than foster sorrell stop listening to those guys right now coach you know what you stop may be right. listening to them and that's all I got, Matt. That's the recruiting notes for the week. All right. Appreciate you, GB. Always on top of the recruiting notes. If you want to know more about recruiting, follow this man on Twitter. Pretty difficult Twitter handle, at Greg Biggins. At Greg Biggins. Moving along, we want to talk a little bit about our season preview. We got a lot of divisions to cover, a lot of teams to talk about, GB. We're going to start at the top. Division one. What do you think? Division one. One and two right now in the Southern Section Coaches Poll, Modern Day One, Bosco Two. How you feel about that, GB? So I, I'm not going to argue with that. If anybody wanted to have Modern Day One, I, I will not argue with them. Me personally, I got Bosco One. Uh, I, I did a, a little top 20 Southern Section uh, rankings for Fox Sports last week, and, and I had Bosco One. Same as why I had Centennial One all last year. I feel like to be the man, to quote the great Ric Flair, you got to beat the man. Woo! That was one more time for me. Rick Flair's, Rick Flair's needs our help right now. He's hurt. 
to be the man, you got to beat the man. And, and I know modern day beat Bosco once, but Bosco beat them a little bit more soundly. And I feel like, you know, talent is very equal. I go, you got to go with the defending champs if the talent is equal. Not judging by last year, judging by what they both have coming back. They're both loaded. And that's why I, I don't argue with someone, but me personally, and I'm a little surprised the coach, again, this is coach's pool, CF Center section pool. Uh, coaches voted Marty one, Bosco two. Uh, for me, I, I thought most coaches kind of feel the same way as you got to go with the defending champs if the talent is equal coming back. And so I love modern day, but I got Bosco, I got Bosco right now as my number one team. I just look at their team offensively, defensively. I don't see a weakness. In fact, their backups would be a CF qualifying team. Quarterbacks, Real Mitchell is such a leader. No question. He's gotten better as a pure thrower. Yep. You know what he can do running the you know with the ball in his hands. He can break off an eighty yard run whenever he wants. He gets hurt. You got DJ Ugalele right there throwing bombs to whoever he wants to. They lose some receivers. You know what? I think this year's receiver group is better than last year's. No question. Devin Cooley's transferring in. I love the two juniors. You know, Chachi, Josh Delgado, Colby Bowman, Bowman. Yep. Jude Wolf at tight end. Yep. Offensive line, you graduated Wyatt Davis, generational talent. But you know what? They got dudes they up got front. Dudes, man. They got three running backs. Yep. Defensive front. It's very strong. Very strong. Linebackers are fast and active, and their secondary might be the best in the state. So for me, Bosco's one. Um but again, I love Modern Day too. You want to break down? You want to break down Modern Day a little bit? Yeah, I do. So talking about Modern Day, and I'm kind of with you. I think Bosco is a little bit more strong just as a whole. Um, the only question with Modern Day is they kind of got a young secondary. Yep. Um, that hasn't been proven yet. Talented group, uh, but they have not proved anything under the Friday Night Lights. But looking at Modern Day, they're very physical up front on offense, uh, led by the center Gonzalez. Um, they're very good, of course, on the edges. You're talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. You're talking about C.J. Parks, Nico Remigio. I mean, their skill talent is as good as anybody in the country. Of course, Michael Martinez mm-hmm. at tight end, working in the middle of the field. Big Brew McCoy. Big Brew McCoy, yeah, who's, a, who's, a, who's a, you know, a, a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> you talk about J.T., who's got one of the best pure arms in the country, regardless of class. He can put the ball anywhere at any time, drop it in the bucket. Running back, Jacoby Harper has got great quickness, good – Contact balance, hard to knock off his feet. Diminutive but tough. Defensively, really like their defensive line. Uh, I think Mace Funa is going to play a little defensive line mm-hmm. and linebacker. You've got Solomon Tuliapupu, aggressive middle backer, can run sideline to sideline and can hit, can run, physical, active in the passing game. Jack Genova. Love Jack Genova. Yeah. If he's a, healthy, he can go. As a versatile linebacker yeah. in the box, outside the box, plays physical with his hands, aggressive hitter. And you look at the secondary, again, young and unproven. Elias Ricks, special talent, but young and unproven. Mm-hmm. Donovan Green Warren, Darian, excuse me, Darian Green yep. Warren, again, talented, but unproven. All right, so C.J. Parks playing both sides of the ball. Yep. Very good playmaker, no question about it. One of the top two weight players in the state. I just think their secondary is a little bit unproven, and they're young. And as far as Bosco, I don't see that anywhere at any position. So I would I have agree. to go with Bosco I first. Uh, but modern day, man, they're loaded. They got players everywhere. They got a great coach with Coach Rollinson, and their coordinators have been there for years. They do a great job getting those guys prepared and ready to play every week. So it should be a battle and a discussion for the next 15 weeks. I know they play, I think it's October 13th, 
They should meet again in the playoffs. You know, hopefully none of them get upset. Or maybe they do get upset. Who knows? Shout out to Centennial. <laughs> Long Beach Poly, your Long sleeper. Long Beach Poly, my sleeper. So, you go. We get, there we go. Modern day ones, Bosco two. So, let's look at number three, Corona Centennial. We did a little feature on them earlier. Yeah. Greg, you know, talk to us. Just w- real quick, though, just one last note on, on, on modern day that I, I think has to be mentioned is, you know, the secondary, like you mentioned, is young. You know, to quote the great philosopher, also a decent coach named John Wooden, he goes, you know, I'll take ex- talent over experience any day. Absolutely. These guys are young. But they're well coached. I think they're going to be good. The thing I can't get out of my head, though, is, is last year just watching Bosco rush for 400 yards against them. And that defensive front graduated a few guys. So can modern day physically stand up? Now, last year's modern day defense did not have Jack Genova, who was hurt, didn't have Solo, didn't have Mace. Those sure. are three physical kids. I don't see Bosco going for 400 yards, but I do see Bosco trying to control the clock, keep JT off the field. Yeah. It's a boxing match. Kind of back and forth. If Bosco can run the ball, control the clock, that's a tough. That's tough to, to beat. Well, you talk you talk about matchups, right? So in, anytime you talk about a football game, especially between these two types of powers, you talk about matchups. So you talk about Mace Foon, you talk about Genova, you talk about Tulia Pupu. Well, they got to match that three headed monster in the running back of the Sand Beast, George Halani, mm-hmm. and a kid who I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, Demetrius Flowers. Demetrius Flowers, who's just a beast. Oh, he's just a physical downhill. A runs beast. angry. Runs angry. Shout out to Arizona State for getting a baller. All three guys run angry. They're all physical downhill. None of them dance. None of them try to make you miss. Yep. And maybe the first quarter, second quarter, yeah. But by that third and fourth quarter, you they're don't, don't want to tackle. And they got a, they're physical up front. They lost Wyatt. Mm-hmm. The rest of the line is back. Yeah. They got some you know guys coming in. Kevin Koblenz. Maris Talavo, these guys are all dudes up yeah. front. They're big. They're I've seen them work out, man. They're all throwing around hundred pound dumbbells like it was nothing. So it, it's going to be. And you know, modern day they work out like crazy too. So it's oh. I can't wait. I, I would love to see a little four out of seven NBA final type deal. Let's play seven times. Oh, it's going to be great. And, and when I played in these types of games when I was a ball player, Greg, we're going to find out who the man is. <laughs> Tulia Pupo. rated maybe the number one inside linebacker in the country or number one on the West Coast. You have to stand up to that rating. Because Demetrius Hot Flowers, he's coming downhill. George Halani, he's going to try to break you up in the open field. Mace Funa, can you get on that horse? And can you run down Riyal Mitchell in that pocket? Or are you going to let him break loose for 70? Guys are going to be put to the test. Your ranking is going to put... He's going to be put out in the open. It's either you're going to expose can't save somebody you. <laughs> or you're going to get exposed. And don't give me no excuses. Because it's going down October 13th. I will be in the building with my Transparent Truth jacket on. You got a jacket? I got a jacket coming, baby. I want to see I'll this jacket. I'll be waving that checkered flag. That checkered flag. Winners coming over to me. Losers, go get your hot dog and go sit down in the locker room. Because it's going down. And I'm going to be right there for How about this matchup, though? How about this matchup? Go with it. Who, got, who covers Amon Ross St. Brown? You put Chris Steele? Chris is a big 6'1 physical corner. Amon is more that shiftier, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got who covers CJ Parks, who covers Nico, who covers the tight end, who covers... I, I don't... Again, Bosco's DBs, I love them. Sure. We got P3, got Lavelle. Yep. We got two great safeties, Jaden Woodby, Stephen Blaylock. We mentioned Chris Still already. They got five, six dudes. Yep. Last year, Bosco pressured with two and three man fronts. Yeah. Can they do that again? If they can't... And JT's got 3.5 seconds to throw the ball. He'll find someone. 
I, I love I just I love the matchup. I can't wait for it. No, I love it. But I mean, here's the deal. I mean, I'm a former defensive coordinator. You're not gonna play Amon Ross St. Brown man to man. Okay, that's no. the first thing. That's a big no-no, right? Chris Steele's gonna match up with him. He'll have help. He'll have a linebacker squeezing in. He'll have a safety rolling over the top. They'll press him up, right? To disrupt routes and disrupt timing. But what I think is gonna happen, or what I see, or what I envision. Is Bosco's defensive line is very aggressive. They're going to get up the field. They're going to get a push. JT's going to have to move his feet and make throws. He ain't going to be able to just sit in the pocket. Bosco's not going to let you do that. All right? He's going to have to move his feet and make throws. Now, he struggled last year against Bosco. Under, 40, under 50% completion percentage. Threw three touchdowns. I think four interceptions. Struggled versus Bosco. They're not going to let him sit in the pocket all day and do what he wants to do. They're going to make him uncomfortable. They'll bring pressure. They'll drop eight and play zone. They're going to mix it up. But today's got to figure it out. Yeah, it'll be fun, they gotta man. Figure it out. So let's go, go on down. Let's, let's go Centennial. Let's talk Centennial. Yeah, talk a little Centennial. Let's just run down. And we'll, we'll cover each of these teams. But again, this is the coaches' pool. Yep. Uh, they got Centennial three, which I think we both would agree with. Yep. After that, I think it gets a, it's a coin toss. Uh, Sarah number four, Chaminade. Mission Viejo, J. Sarah, Mira de Valle, San Clemente, and Orange Lou is the coach's poll uh, for number 10. Uh, one team not mentioned, who I actually had number five. When I did my little ranking with Long Beach Poly. Yeah. We'll get to them in a second. But Centennial, uh, let's talk about them for just a second. They deserve, sure. I, I think, a lot of love. And they're the one team, you know, non a non-Trinity League team that I think everyone feels like, you know, on their best day, they can beat anybody in the country. No question. We love the quarterback. We saw them practice. Sure. It's a different looking Centennial team. They don't have a lot of dudes that just kind of jump out at you. Sure. We know they're going to be good because Matt Logan's a phenomenal coach and told us both, hey, this might be my best O-line yeah. I've ever had. Solo Vipulu, the center, is yep. legit. No question. He's got five, six guys. We saw two or three running backs that we hadn't really heard of before, but we watched them run, and all three of those guys, just Centennial running backs. Centennial they're all about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, yep. big thighs. Strong. They're strong and quick. Yep. Wide receiver, Gary Bryant. Difference maker yep. defensively. Uh, Drake Jackson up front. Uh, Cameron Pitcher really, really solid as a middle linebacker. Secondary is young. Again, different type of Centennial. They're not going to match you athlete for athlete. Right. But from a coaching standpoint and a scheme standpoint, they are so tough to prepare for. Yeah, I mean, they're going to light you up. I mean, hey, they're going to put 40 to 56 on the board every game. Mark it down. Mark my words. You could just rack it up. That's what's going to happen. Tanner McKee is virtually unstoppable at 6'6", 220, toting the peel and slinging the rock. Gary Bryant's a mismatch on the outside for most high school defensive backs. Their offensive line is physical. They come off the ball. They come off low. They're smart. They hit. They drive. They stick. They're going to be a problem for teams. And, and, and listen, there's no guarantee Bosco or Mata are going to beat Centennial once they face them in the playoff. I'll tell you that right now. 100%. Matt Logan, best coach in the country, if you ask me. And they're going to give whomever an issue. They're going to put up 40 to 56 points, and you better be able to score to stay with them. I can tell you that right now. So, you know, shout out to Centennial. Let's move along. We got, at number four, we got Sarah. I had a chance to see them last yeah, week. Yeah. It was very, a scrimmage. Very, very interesting controlled scrimmage. Yeah. Um, Sarah played Servite. Now, I got this is hilarious to me because you left a little bit early, right? I did. Because we have a message board that we like to at Facebook. That's a little message board. I, I think it's fun. Oh, sure it is. Right? Our, our, we got some guys that kind of manage that message board. Want to give a little shout out? It's called Unlimited. 
See, yeah, Sports up. Unlimited on it, Facebook. It's a, it's a great, but literally the thing I I'm not a, I'm not into politics at all because I feel like both sides always think, think they won. Sure, I love sports because there's a thing called the scoreboard. Yeah, the scoreboard never lies for me. Nope. You watch a debate, political debate, both sides we won that debate. Yeah, the scoreboard never lies. After that Servite Sarah game, I swear everybody thought they won. I'm like, who won the game? Was it this team? Was it that team? I couldn't get the, get the correct score. Sure. I wish you would have stayed for that whole thing, because this thing was hilarious for me, trying to follow who actually won this game. So let me give you a quick rundown of what I saw and then versus kind of what was said, okay? So I get there, game starts, and uh, Sarah stops Servite a couple times, kind of in a scrimmage-based um, format. And then Servite goes up top. Trent McDuffie hitting deep for a bomb touchdown. Sarah yeah. gets the ball. Tip pass, interception by Julius Irvin. He basically runs it back for a touchdown. Nobody was going to tackle him. So it was 2-0. They blew the whistle a little early, okay. but no, only one person around him was a big lineman, and Julius Irvin's a great athlete. So it's 2-0. Servite gets the ball. They drop uh, a dime down the seam. Spencer Lytle down the middle of the field. Boom. Touchdown. 3-0. 3-0. Sarah gets it. They throw an interception. Safety comes over, picks it off, virtually runs it back. I don't think he was going to be tackled. 4-0. It's a blowout right at this and, point and in time. At that point in time, it is, yeah, it's, it's ugly. Servite runs zone read. Quarterback's not live, but there was nobody around this guy. He runs 25 yards, basically up the alleyway, untouched, touchdown. It's 5-0. I said, I've seen enough. It's time to go. Sarah, on the other hand, they just struggle with discipline, right? Couldn't take care of the football. Threw a couple picks. They fumbled once. Um, they were just sloppy. They were not ready to play. That's what it seemed like. Now, when I left and when I chose to leave, Servi had already inserted their twos and or JV team. Okay? Now, from my understanding, some coaches went back and said, hey, let's work some red zone stuff. And I hear Sarah scored on some red zone stuff, which is fine. Yeah. But in terms of a game-type format, it was 5-0 Servite, and it wasn't even close. Sarah did a nice job run blocking up front, but didn't kind of stick with the run. They wanted to get the ball out. Quarterback, for QB1 struggled, uh, made a couple of nice throws, but struggled with his decision-making, struggled a little bit with his accuracy. QB2 came in, Doug Broomfield, and thought he showed a lot of poise. Saw the field well, delivered the football on time. He was accurate, made some nice throws, drove the offense down the field. So that was so that was the uh, that was your breakdown right there. That was my breakdown okay. right there. Uh, solid job by Servi. Let me tell you, Servi's got some guys. Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you, this Trent McDuffie is a baller. Yeah, USC's offered him, man. Man, kid's a baller. Yeah. I didn't know much about 2019 him. kid. Kid's a baller. Servi's got Julius that. Irvin is a swift athlete. Yeah. Spencer Lido is a two-way kind of physical specimen. Delon Hurt is an aggressive route runner that shows tremendous power through con- through contests when making a catch. He had a difficult matchup against Max Williams, uh, but you know, of course, we know Delon Hurt is a proven entity on the outside. So Servite's got some guys, and they got a quarterback, Caden Bell. Watch what I'm telling you, Caden Bell can go. He's a dual-threat guy, built out the Johnny Manziel mode, can run it and throw it, gets gets to the edge, has some speed, has a nice deep ball with nice touch. Really liked him as a ball player. Servite with a good team. I think they're being kind of underrated preseason. Okay. 
So Surite is not in this top 10. We spent a lot of time talking about them. Yeah. Uh, they, they were actually in my top 15. Okay. Uh, I had them at number 13. Again, my rankings don't include Narbon, which I would have Narbon in my top 10. So slide Servite down one spot. But uh, talking about Sarah... We know Max can cover anybody. I saw some shout out to, to Mrs. Doug Brumfield. The, the mom had some great tweets, the videos. So I saw her son okay. just throwing some beautiful balls. I saw yeah. Addison with a ridiculous one headed catch. Yep. John Jackson a little over the middle and going. Yep. John showing JJ showing some speed. Uh, they got athletes. If Brumfield's going to be the guy, or you know, if it's going to be you know Blaze, they got athletes for sure. Kobe didn't mention him yet uh, defensively. You know, you mentioned earlier, I think, Justin Houston, the younger brother of John Houston. Sure. You mentioned him a few times. So they yep. got some guys. They can forgot, forgot that quarterback position. You said the line up front was pretty good. Yeah. Sarah's got a chance. How about number five is Chaminade. They had a scrimmage against Narbonne, which I heard Chaminade did very, very well. And much love, respect for Narbonne. Uh, so for Chaminade to go in there, and look, appears they, they they won that scrimmage, right? Yeah. Obviously, it was, it was great. How about Andrew Van Buren was the show. You know, just running downhill, scoring what, three touchdowns, big six, you know, two, six, one, 219 pound guy who just, you don't want to tackle late in the game. A guy just gets stronger and stronger. Shama's got the skill. Ryan Stevens, really smart, efficient quarterback. Michael Wilson's a big 6'4 receiver defensively. Obviously, our boy, sleeper of the week, Blake Anzalatos, was all over that field with 15 tackles and an interception. Yep. Shaman on number five, I ha- that's a little higher than I personally had them. I had them uh, at number eight. And my rankings, but shoot, they got dudes, and you know what a great coach Ed Croson is. So, Shamanad, watch out for them. Number five, that's pretty high, but maybe justified, yeah? Listen, if Croson sticks with that power pitch to Van Buren, a 220-pound back coming downhill off tackle, they'll be in the semifinals. He's going to be tough to deal with. They got a good offensive line. They got a quarterback that makes good decisions. Got a nice arm and Stevenson. Stevenson, correct? Ryan Stevens. Ryan Stevens, excuse me. Ryan Stevens. If he sticks with that power pitch, because they got a solid defense. Yeah. They got guys that can run ahead, led by Blake Anzalatos. Van Buren coming down here at 220 with three guys in front of him, he's they're gonna be a problem. I'll tell you that right now. So uh shout out to Shamanada. I think they got a good thing going. Stick with the power pitch, get rid of that spread, coach. Stick with the pitch, pound <laughs> him with the pitch, and kill him with the trap, baby. Man, I've been watching Croson back in Birmingham days when he had Milton Knox running the ball. Man, he's all about that power pitch. So I'd be shocked if he tries to open up too much. But the way football is now, man, you got to try to keep the receiver happy or he's going to transfer. you got to keep the quarterback happy or he's transferring. So I'm not, I'm not saying Croson would never do that. I'm just saying uh, I think he probably wants to be multiple. But I know his bread and butter is feeding that rock to that big boy. That's right. How about Mission Bay, the one team that actually has played a game? They went to Hawaii, played Baldwin. I think they play Baldwin every other year or every couple years. But Mission Bay, to me... I think they're loaded, and, and no one's talking about them. They've lost, they've only lost one game in the last couple of years, and they got for me the question mark is quarterback. They got Joey Yellen, a Bosco transfer, who the people at Bosco said they love this kid, right? But they got legit players everywhere. Pharrell at running back can go. Big offensive line led by Jarrett Patterson, an ASU commit. Receivers. Austin Osborne on one side, he's as good as you're going to see. Elijah Griffin, he's a deep threat. Both those two guys are tremendous defensively, strong up front. Linebacker Christian Laval, inside backer, going to ASU. Yep. The secondary, again, Achille Arnold, Elijah Griffin, Chris Mitchell. These are all legit D1 guys. Arnold's only a junior. Michigan got has guys that are always well coached. I mentioned Joey Yellen. You know, Rob Johnson, the OC, does a great job bringing those quarterbacks along. If he needs to, he'll, he'll kind of simplify things for him, give him just maybe one read to start off with, add it to two to three, four like he did last year sure. when he had Matt McDonald and, and really made him into a heck of a quarterback. So... For me, I had, I had Mission Viejo four after Centennial. 
here they're six. I think the Diablos are very, very good, and I think they're going to be fun to watch this season. Yeah, I think very, two very comparable teams, I think, in Mission Viejo and Chaminade. If you compare those two teams, um, I think they're very comparable. They're evenly matched. Two great coaches, and I think four, five, five, six, I think it all fits. I think those two teams will probably be in the quarters when it's all said and done. But like you said, Mission Viejo, I think they got players on every level. Every level. And... Not just players, they got difference mm-hmm. makers, right? Lavelle yep. is, is sideline to sideline. Akili Arnold, I think he's one of the best cover corners in the 19 class on the West Coast. We all know about the Under Armour All American Elijah Griffin. Uh, Mitchell, like you said, is yeah. a big time player at safety. Big time athlete. Very, 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 very athletic. Tremendous explosion. And like I said, Joey Yellen calling signals and throwing the pill around. They got a back that can go, they got a physical offensive line, as they do every year. Every year. Mission Viejo kind of being slept on, but listen, it's the Pac-5. It's good. You can yeah. say being slept on, but look at the guys in front of them. No, absolutely. They absolutely. got dudes, too. So, yeah, Mission Viejo at six. I see it. Let's, number, let's move on to seven. Number seven, they got yeah. Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah. Who I had a chance to see in a, in a seven-on-seven tournament. Their head coach is Pat Harlow, who everyone knows, former All-American O-lineman at USC, so you can probably tell what he thinks about seven-on-seven. Seven. <laughs> He's not a huge fan of it. <laughs> me but he, he, there, he puts up with it. I said, hey, Pat, how, how much do you want to just put pads on right now? And he just kind of gave me a wink like like he can't rid it, can't wait to get rid of the seven-on-seven stuff and get down sure. to business. Sure. As long as he's the head coach, they're going to have a great offensive line at Jay Sarah. But they got two receivers. Matt Robinson, a quarterback, very, very good, very efficient. Very capable, yes. Very capable. But they scrimmaged Norco. I talked to a couple buddies at mine uh, at Norco, and when I told them, you know, these got, they had some receivers, meaning Tariq Luckett, Munir McLean. Sure. I go, dude, both those guys are juniors. They flipped out. Are you kidding? Those guys are juniors? Yeah. Both those two guys are next level. They're both 6'2", 6'3", long. They can run. They can catch. And he said they both just kind of gave them fits. So Jay said was going to have an offense. Defensively, they got Malik McClain off the edge, UCLA commit. Sure. Jay Sarah, they, they got a chance to be pretty good this year, too. Yeah, I think they got a chance to be pretty good. I would not put them in the conversation with Chaminade, Mission Viejo, uh, but on the kind of cusp of my top 10, I would have them. Those two receivers, no question, legit. Both guys can get up top at any point in the game. Tariq Luckett is special. Yeah. He'll have 30 offers before it's all said and done. Like you said, Robinson, very capable. Can get the he's a ball distributor, right? He can get the ball out. He's a point guard. He's gonna run the break, run a three on two break, he's gonna get the ball to the open man. A little concerned about their defense, coach. A little concerned about their defense. I don't know if they have the guys. Can they really run and hit with the top teams in the pack five? That is yet to be determined. For me, and we'll get this later later on when we talk about matchups. You mentioned Servite, Servite already, and I believe Servite definitely deserves to be in this discussion. But they have Orange Loon as number 10 in this poll. I have I actually had Orange Loon a little higher. I had them 7. Uh, but I think that is going to be a potential matchup for third place. And you don't want to just give away, you know, first and second. But for this conversation, we're going to give it away. No, we we're going to say, Mario Bosco, away, come on, let, let's, let's, let's be this real. Let's be, be honest. This is not to be argued. But Jay Serrett, Orange Lou, when they match up, and, and Orange Lou had a, you know, it's a blow. They lost Ethan Ray. He's a physical tight end. But they still have three or four wide receivers. Logan Loya, Kyle Ford, uh, Cam Gardner. Those guys are all very talented. The secondary I like a lot. JoJo Hawkins, JoJo Forrest. I think up front is the question mark. I think Ryan Holinsky is going to have a very good year throwing the football. I think the offense is going to be good. If they can get some stops, it's just a big difference between watching Jay Serra, Orange Lou, even Servite. 
difference between those three and then Bosco Marte is just up front. No question. Just the physical lines on both sides of the ball. But skill-wise, I think Jay Sarah and Orange Lou, I love the skill level. The, the corners and the receivers that Orange Lou had, I just threw, it, threw those names out. Sure. Those guys are all, those, those guys can all play. JoJo and JoJo, that's a heck of a, a DB combination. You mentioned sure. the receivers. Kyle Ford is going to be a mismatch issue for everyone. Those guys can all go. It's just, can they get stops up front? Can they physically stand up? Yeah. To some of the other bigger teams they're going to have to play against. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, Bosco and Modern Day up front, they've got big, fast, aggressive guys. It's kind of like the SEC West, right? It's kind of LSU, Alabama, and then there's everybody else. So until you can recruit, excuse my French, until you can get guys to come to your school that have that type of size and athletic ability and, and that type of aggressiveness, you're always going to be behind Bosco and Modern Day. But like you said, Jay Sarah, Orange Lutheran, they got athletes. They got skilled players. Their guys can make plays. They'll be fighting for that third spot in the Trinity League, no question about it. Yeah. Then at 8-9, and nine, we have Murrieta Valley and San Clemente. Those two teams actually played against each other um, last year in the play. I think it was the CF semifinals. I, actually, I thought Murrieta Valley was going to win that game just because their offense was rolling. Uh, they, they returned Hank Bachmeyer, who's a tremendous quarterback. Marquis Spiker, again, big-time, big-play receiver. I, I think it's going to be tough, though. This year, D1, and, and defensively, I mean, they're going to have to outscore teams. Last year, they, they won games giving up 40 points, 50 points. Right. Dude, I, I watched their game against Oaks Christian. I think they gave up 60 and still won. I think it was wow. 70 to 62 or wow. something like that. It was crazy. They have that great one-two punch. They're going to be strong up front. They have a really good O-line coach. Uh, running the football, you know, I think they're going to be fine. It's just defensively, when you're playing D1 football, it's really tough to win games if you're going to give up 40 points every week. San Clemente, they lost Jack Sears. Uh, he was a difference maker. Uh, he single-handedly won some games for them. They have some guys coming back. I like Jack Shippey. He's kind of a two-way athlete. I like Chris Kane as a tight end. They're super well coached. Jaime Ortiz does a great job, but again, they're going up a division. They're in Division One now, and I had both those two teams in my top 20, but not in my top 10. Uh, if you want to touch on those two teams real quick, and then we'll kind of run, run down a couple other teams, not in the CF top 10, but some other D1, D1, D1 teams that I think are worth mentioning, but go ahead and get a, give a quick thought on those two if you want. Sure. Muriel Valley, I mean, Hank Bachmeyer, you know, as far as the 2019 classic, I can throw it all over over the yard. He's got great accuracy. He's got great touch. He's got great command of the offense. Like you said, he put up almost 70 points against Oaks Christian, who's not known for defense. But Hank can throw <laughs> it, man. He can straight up sling it from wherever he needs to, inside the pocket, outside the pocket, on the move. He can go. Spiker's a tremendous athlete. Probably one of the best athletes we have out here in Southern California. He's got great speed and athletic ability. He can catch the ball. can do all types of things with it, with it, with it in his hands. San Clemente, they've got some guys. Like I said, Chris Kane, I really like him as a tight end. Jack Shipp, he's a two-way guy. Can guard, can cover, can catch, can run. Uh, he's got good athletic ability. San Clemente always coached really well. But I'm fighting that they're in the top ten of the Pac-5. I'm not in agreement with this list here or with this ranking. Marietta Valley, I think, is going to be a solid squad, but they need to play some defense. you got to be able to hit and run and tackle somebody, get somebody on the ground. And Long Beach Poly. Long Beach Poly's I mean, not in the top you... 10 with, with Jalen Hall and Matt Corral and the Markham Twins and all those guys. I don't know. This is a bit of a stretch for me. I think Long Beach Poly needs to be in here. Marietta Valley, like you said, San Clemente, they came off of good runs, but you're in a smaller division. This is the Pac-5. This is big boy football. Those guys better be ready to play. Yeah, so I had Long Beach probably five yeah. in my deal after Mission. I also had Ranch Cucamonga, who I think is a sleeper team. They showed last year that they're legit. 
They lost some guys. Thomas Graham is already playing a ton at Oregon as a true freshman this yeah. year. And Jalen Red is, for me, was tremendous last year. But, you know, Sean Dollars is going to be one of the area's top running back. They got a deep secondary. Jeremiah Cradell is very, very good. I sure. heard they're huge up front. Right. Return their quarterback, Acosta. Nick yep. Acosta. Nick Acosta. I like Rancho a lot as a top 10 team. And then, again, you kind of spoke on Pauly a little bit, but Matt Corral uh, throwing in not just Jalen Hall, but they got multiple. Cameron McDonald yeah. as a tight end. He's tough. Matt mentioned the Markham twins. Defensively, they're, they're secondary with with Desmond Talley, with Tyreek LeBeau, Ryan with Nixon. Ryan Nixon. Yeah. Those are all D1 guys. Aaron Frost is a big two-way lineman up front. Yeah. Talking to some of the coaches over there, they like their linebackers a lot. And this was weird. They say, you know, if we can get some, if we can get the O line together, we need to get some size up front and some experience. Which ten years ago, Polly had twelve guys up front. Sure. So even the whole, you know, trying to find linemen, that's even affected Polly. But everywhere else. They're loaded. Let me tell you something. Big sleeper on their team, Wiley Perry Jr., middle linebacker, vicious, vicious hitter. The guy will run through a brick wall if you need him to, and he'll knock you out. Very, very aggressive, leader of the defense. And how about Jermaine Lole? come transferring over from Paramount. You talk about putting pressure on the passer with a four-man line. This guy is instant pressure right now. He's off the edge. He's in the interior. He's got a tremendous burst, great with his hands, can contort and turn his body to fit through small gaps. Jermaine Lole is going to pay big dividends for the poly defense. Wiley Perry Jr. is a nasty Mike Backer who's got bad intentions on other people's kids. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jack Rabbits. Hey, listen. Long Beach Poly, they're my sleeper team to win the Pac-5. I know there's Bosco Modern Day. We love Centennial. Mission Viejo's got players on every level. Chaminade, they got Big Van Buren, Anzalados, offense and defense. But Poly, if the quarterback can be consistent and Jalen Hall can step up and be that big-time wide receiver, we know he can be. Long Beach Poly's got as much talent as anybody. Besides maybe Bosco and Bonner Day. But they got guys, and I think Antonio Pierce has a chip on his shoulder. They got smacked in the playoffs last year by Chaminade. And if I know Antonio Pierce like I think I know him, he's going to come back with a vengeance. Those guys are going to come back with a chip on their shoulder. And they're coming to prove that Long Beach Poly is not, a, not only just not a pushover, but they are contenders year in and year out. Couple other teams real quick, and we've got to move on to Division Two. But staying with Division One, San Margarita, got they, they got some guys. Malone Mata LA, one of my favorite two-way players, running back as, as well as a safety. Vista Marietta is always good. Uh, they got some difference makers as well. Khalil Shakur, I'm a big fan of his as a receiver. Uh, they got another Goodry brother uh, coming back up. Yep. Uh, last year it was Javelin who was tremendous. This year uh, another Goodry brother, and then I think Travis Plantier is a nice little player, linebacker, sure. two-way guy. So Vista Marietta. Bishop Amont, I think they're a top 20 team for me. They were young last year. They bring back a lot of guys. Aaron Maldonado is a big-time nose guard. Uh, Alamany, Loyola, uh, a few other teams in that Division One. So really stacked, stacked division right there. Man, the Pac-5 is a monster, man. I, I remember coaching in it. It was a lot of fun, very competitive every year. You, you know, you go to the playoffs as a high seed. You think you're going to play, you know, some slouch, and next thing you know, you draw Long Beach Poly, right? So it, it's going to be competitive week in and week out. And anxious to see these guys kind of this week coming up, week zero, getting after each other or getting after other opponents. And it's going to be a great year of high school football in the Pac-5. Great talent, great teams. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Division 2. Division 2? Division 2. We got, and we'll just run it down. We got Edison 1. 
Uh, Oaks Christian, Norco, Valencia, out of Valencia, Upland, Calabasas, Los Alamitos, La Habra, Great Oak, and Heritage. Very solid. Division two is strong. That's a great division right there. I, I like that a lot. How about the Edison Chargers coming in at number one. Uh, again, we turned the quarterback Griffin O'Connor. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, they won a CF championship last year. I think Oaks Christian is an intriguing team with that defense. You have Bo Calvert off the edge on one side. Other side, you got Kayvon Thibodeau, who's right now our top junior uh, out in the West Coast. His, uh, Bo's brother Josh can play some inside linebacker. He's very, very good. So I, I like what Oaks can do. Um, they got nice balance and skill as well. Dorco returns four offensive linemen. Norco's always strong up front. Travis Dye is a heck of a running back. Uh, Jared Bell leads that offensive line, so I think watch out for Norco. Uh, Valencia, Mikhail Wright is a guy. And talk about this before. And when I when I talked to some other coaches in the area, everybody mentioned Valencia. Yeah. And, and teams that threw against Bosco and teams that threw against Centennial said, you know what, this Mikhail Wright kid was the best DB we we went up against. Yeah. Uh, I like Valencia a lot. Upland. Uh, talk about Upland for a, a, a second. I mean, they got players at all levels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Offensively, defensively. I think Upland's got a chance. This is probably their most talented team in four or five years with, you know, David Baldwin, Kyle Jones. Um, you know, defensively, they have some dudes. Uh, Deadman. Sure. Big fan of his as a corner. Uh, Upland's going to be good, I think. You know, Upland, they they always have great talent, right? They always got players. They always got five guys getting Division One scholarships. Um, then they got another couple guys who are coming up the pipe. Baldwin, the big lefty, dual threat. He's going to be in and out the pocket. He's going to be running. He's going to be throwing. A young kind of Jason Thomas. Jones, really good running back. Really like him. He's physical. He's fast. He's shifty. Really love his balance in the open field and his ability to make people miss. The wide receiver, Turner, excellent kid, 6'2", physical frame, go-getter, high-pointer. Really like him as well. So, Upland, man, they got players. They're going to be competing for the championship. Ain't no question about it. Like you said, Edison, Griffin O'Connor is going to lead the way, returning champs. They got a defensive end. I can't remember his name right now. They got a big-time defensive end, tight end. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal football player. I think he was a sophomore last year, be a junior this year. They've got players. Again, first-year head coach, right? Yep. It's going to be interesting. Jeff Grady taking over for Dave White, the legend. That's right, taking over for Dave White. It's going to be an interesting year for Edison football. The Yale commit, playing quarterback. They've always got a solid team. They've always got sound coaching. But like you said, this year they got a first-year coach. So we'll see how that all kind of shapes up as we move forward here from week to week. Calabasas, interesting. They moved up a couple. I think they were like, what, D3 or 4? I think they were D28. Even 5 Division last year. Division 28 last year. I mean, their receiver core, you look at it, Nico Hall, who's going to be more of a full-time safety, but he's, he can do some damage no as a question. receiver. You got Johnny Wilson, who right now for me is probably the top sophomore receiver out west. No doubt about it. Those two guys. We got Reggie Hughes at linebacker. What about Micah Pittman? Micah Pittman's tremendous. I mean, again, that three-headed monster of yeah. Pittman, Hall, Wilson. I mean, you want to? Who's better than that? Uh, modern day. Modern day. Uh, Bosco. Maybe. Sarah. I don't know. I think it's close. Okay. I think it's I mean, close. I'm just, I think it's, I'm just shooting names. I, I, think, out. I think no. I those are. I think they're in the. They're in the discussion. Though. Yeah. No question. Those. Three, I mean, I think Pittman is really good. Oh yeah. And again, Johnny Wilson's for me the number one sophomore receiver out west. That's really good. Uh, I love Reggie Hughes. Defensively, up front, Nahe Salenga. 
The big Bosco transfer, transfer from Bosco. Sit out, he's sitting out five games. Yeah, nah, hey, we We can't get to see him for a little while, but dude, he's coming. Mike Irving yeah. recently committed to Arizona. So they have size up front for the first time right. at Calabasas. And talking to Casey, they lose Darnay Holmes, they lose Bookie Radley. Those two guys were, were elite as elite can be. Yep. But he said top to bottom, this team is actually more talented and a little more together. Mm, so bigger up front on both sides of the ball. Sure. Loves the skill. Loves his young quarterback, Jaden Casey. Yep, Jaden Casey. He's like, we, we, got, we got a chance. We got a chance. So I'm, I'm curious to see Calabasas in that D2 and how they're going to compete. Uh, Los Alamitos is about 15 minutes from my house. Griffins, always competitive, always talented. I, I love the La, La Habra program and Coach Mazzotto. I think he does a great job. Great Oak has a couple of my favorite players. Talk about Brennan Jackson off the edge, Jack Lamb playing all over the place. No question. I think Great Oak's a team to watch. And the Heritage, man, they, they really surprised me last year with how good they were. They returned their best player from last year, Sherrod White. Uh, so Heritage, I, I think, is a legitimate team, and and every year should always be in that discussion. So top to bottom, D two looks really good. Hey, Oaks Christian with Calvert and Calvert, and also Kayvon Taylor. <laughs> you got to watch out for them. Norco with the running back, Travis. Travis Die. Yep. He's special. He's shifty. He can run it. He can catch it. He can three. He's a three down back. Very very talented. Comes from a great family. Valencia, like you said, I mean, they got the defensive player of the year back. They've got right back. I mean, they got they just reload with a ton of juniors who are going to be playing this year who were all sophomores last year. Zach Char- I forgot to mention Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. Oaks Christian running running the ball, running yeah, the bottles. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, he's, yeah absolutely. He's, he's very, ball. very good. Like and said, then we talked for, about Calabasas. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Upland. Yep. Los Alamitos was Isaiah Johnson as a linebacker slash rush out uh, defensive end. Isaiah. La Habra is very good every year. There's no question about it. So well coached. So well coached. They're going to be in it. Great Oak. They've got two dynamic players. And they got pieces around them. Heritage, like you said, they surprised everybody last year. What a great job they did. Playing great defense, running the football, running their spread, getting guys in space. Really, really like them. So it's going to be interesting how this shapes up, kind of as we move forward here. You want to pick a, you want to pick let's, a champion right yeah, now? Let's go with spot. a champion. So who, who we didn't got, give me. a Division One champion. So uh, I call I call my sleeper Long okay. Beach Poly. So go ahead, you pick your Division One. No, I'm just going to I'm just going to say Bosco. Okay, because I. I picked them. That's pretty easy. So I mean, yeah, I went the easy route. But okay. Shoot, sometimes it is easy, right? Uh, I mean, you yeah. picking McGregor, or, you know, to to win that one? No. Yeah, no, I'm not. So that that's easy too. All right, so division, so division two, winner, two. What do you got? I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go with La Habra. Nice. I like that. I, I love their I coaching. I like you going out on a limb like and that. They're they're very aggressive on both sides of the ball, and I think that takes you a long way. Go ahead, D two. What you got? D two, huh? Yeah. Come on now. Come on. I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb myself here. Okay, let's go. And I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Valencia. Okay, that's just, not just, a bad. Just for, the, just for the heck of it. I don't know if that's out on a limb, Greg. They're a super talented team. Hey, my guy Ben. What's his name? I mean, he's a dog. Ben, what's his name? Is good, huh? Oh yeah, the, the, he was a defensive player of the year last year in the league as a sophomore. Ben, we apologize for not knowing who your name is. Uh, ben, I don't get your <laughs> last name off the top of my head, but I know you're a dog, big fella. I know how you get down. Division three, but, I, but Upland, Upland, scary. I think Upland's ben a scary Seymour. team. Ben Seymour, I'm sorry, Ben, ben Seymour, Seymour. Yes. that's my guy. 
Ben, you're my guy, too. He plays the end and some linebacker. He's very aggressive, big-time playmaker. Again, was the player of the year in the CIF last year. Forever ever going to be known, though, as Ben Ben, Watch's name. name. Ben Seymour, shout-out to you, baby. (laughs) No, that division is good. I could see Calabasas. I like Upland. Uh, Division three, Sierra Canyon. I didn't know this until recently. They've only lost, like, one game or last... Two or three years. Two or three years. Yeah. They won a state championship last year over, over some really good teams. They're, yeah, they did. they're number one, Buena Park. Uh, no disrespect to Buena Park. Cover's kind of big. I'm not sure if the coaches <laughs> understand that they graduated and lost half their guys. They graduated transfer. half their team. Their coaches, the other even half Anthony transfer. White, retired. Yeah. They lost. Elijah Gates Coach, was at UCLA. Everybody. They lost everybody. They lost Jeremiah Hawkins. Just say everybody. They lost Devin Coley to transfer. They lost JoJo. They lost everybody. So Buena Park, I'm gonna I'm gonna say God bless you guys. I hope you guys do well. But I don't know about that number two ranking. Yeah. Rancho Verde. Jeff Steinberg, my guy over there, coaching Newberry oh, yeah. Park. EJ Cam Rising. Yeah. Yeah. Stewart. EJ Stewart. They got Newberry Park. Cam Rising always. Always has a puncher's chance. If a guy who can throw the ball like he can, Palace Verdes, PV, always very good. Charter Oak, another team, well coached, does a great job over there. St. Francis, my guy Jimmy Bonds, Hart High School, one of the Harrington brothers. You got the quarterback, JT Shrout, Crespi, yeah. and Lompoc round out this top 10. Toa Tua. Toa. Two-way guy. Lompoc, a great I lo- program, I love man. the way Toa runs the ball. Man, when I first saw his freshman film, I go, this guy's the next Troy Polamalu at safety. No question. When I watched his sophomore junior tape, I go, this guy's a legitimate running back. You don't see too many Polynesians playing running back or getting recruited that well. This is true. I think they people feel, you know, you're a Poly, you're going to just grow out of that. You're going to end up being like 280 pounds. Right. You watch Toa's tape, man. He can make people miss. Mm-hmm. He's fast. Loved him. He's dynamic. His freshman year. And he is downhill. Going hard. Man, this is the year. George Halani, next year, Toa this year. Man, Polly running backs are back. Polly running backs are back. And we ain't talking I, about Long Beach. I don't know if to, to be back, you have to be there first, but maybe they're, they're coming. <laughs> they're These guys coming. are coming. So, Sierra Canyon, man, let's talk a little bit about it. Mason Quant. Mason Quant. Kind of leading the charge there, quarterback. They've got some terrific skill players. Yeah. Some young guys uh, at cornerback and safety and receiver. Defense they, should be good. Defense, defense should Michael be really Myrick good. and Chris Cannon had that 20 sacks last year. So yep. it's a it's a young defense that they had last year. They're all a lot of them got, those guys are back. They're they're not what you'd call, you know, high level D1 guys being recruited, but there's a good high, high school, school football. football and there's players. nothing wrong with that at all, right? No question. Buena Park, uh, you I think you're slipping, you're dipping, your cupboard is pretty empty. Rancho Verde. Again, again, EJ Stewart is a guy. He can run and throw you to success over Rancho Verde. Like you said, Jeff Steinberg is an excellent coach. Used to coach one of my former players. Shout out to Hayo Carpenter, who was a state uh, leader in terms of reception yardage in the season. Rancho Verde going to be a really good team. Newberry Park, Cam Rising, like you said, man. Cam can run and throw, and he's going to lead that Newberry Park team. Palace Verdes, always disciplined, always coached well. They're going to do the right things. They're going to be physical. They're going to run the football. They're going to play solid defense. They're not going to have great athletes. You already know that from the jump, but the guys are going to be in position to make plays, and they will finish. That's one thing that they will do. Charter Oak. Jermaine Braddock. Jermaine Braddock. He's their, he's their dude. They he got go. play, they've got big, a couple big, big players play up over there. they got yep. some guys who can go. St. Francis, Hart, J.T. Shrout. they got a running back who I really like up over there. Crespi. That's an interesting call there. It is. That's an interesting call. I like Crespi. I think they got some players. Um, the quarterback. It's Troy Thomas is, is, the, is the coach. He's not the quarterback. No, but I'm saying as long as Troy Thomas is coaching, yep. they're going to be extremely physical. 
They're going to play through the whistle. You're going to hate to play against them. Yep. One of my favorite coaches. He works out with the players. Yeah. You know, going back to, you know, he was coaching at Servite and won a state title. And, and some of his Crespi teams are so good. Little falling, off, falling on hard times the last few years. Yeah. Haven't had the athletes, but Troy's going to coach up whoever he has. I love, I love Troy Thomas. My pick to win this division? Go with it. Lompoc. Lompoc. They got to listen, they are a terrific program. They okay. have a program. They're very good year in and year out. They got a dynamic two-way guy in Tua Tua, and they got other guys. They got a they got an O-line D-line kid named Juan Lahana. Can I just call him Juan what's what's Juan what's his face? <laughs> Juan what's his name? And he's very aggressive. I'm telling you, they got a program. Oh, I think they're going to shock everybody yeah. in Division Three, and they're going to win the championship. Andrew Jones, a friend of mine, he's the coach over there. He'll be happy to hear that. A uh, great dude and does a great job. So I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb myself. I'm going to go with Sierra Canyon. Yeah, that's that's a, I that's a out reach. On a limb. Pick you know, the number one team. My, my reason was kind of similar to your reason. Lompoc, forget the athletes. It's a program, right? Sure. And when you have a program, it means year in and year out, you're built to win, and you just you just know how to win. There's something to be said about a, a program from freshman on down. Who, when you come up to the varsity level, it's just you're just programmed to know how to win games. I think Sierra Canyon again. They lost some dudes. Kanan Ray, UCLA O lineman. Now they lost some dudes from last year, but you know their lower level teams were very very good. I just feel like it's a team that has a foundation. Yep. And, and they're, they're just going to plug in new guys. I like the defensive guys that they have, they have coming back. So, um, Sierra Canyon, that, that's, that's my team. Talking Division 4 here, number one, Roosevelt, Eleanor. Number two, San Juan Hills. Number three, Corona Del Mar. Number four, Downey. Five, Cajon. Six, Capistrano Valley. Seven, Santiago. Eight, Etiwanda. Nine, Redondo. Number 10, Marietta Mesa. How about Cajon at number five? Hey, I already see your eyes. Your eyes are already... Sp- Barkley, I already, I already kind of have an idea. I already have an idea who you're going to pick. Cowboys, but I'm going to call them the Cowboys. Let me tell you something. I'm going to look them up. Cajon. What is Cajon? They got name? a loaded squad. Jaden Daniels, the super junior, firing the peel to Cowboys. six foot six. Darren Jones. Yeah. They got Jonathan Persons, the versatile, athletic linebacker. Saw some film of their scrimmage. He dominated. He was in the backfield. Perk dominated every play, hitting. Running, causing all types of havoc. How about Jeremiah Martin? How about Jeremiah Martin? Six foot four, 240 pound, DN, outside linebacker slash tight end. The guy can play. There's no question about it. He's going to dominate the edge. Perk's going to dominate the interior. And then you got Darren Jones, a six foot six phenom. Out on the perimeter. Hey, stay on the defense. Stay on the defense. You got Javon Hill. They got safety. Javon so they got, Hill. They got absolutely. D line. They got a linebacker. They got a safety. They're up they, front. Yeah, they got all got, three levels. Yeah, all three levels. They got players. I mean, I think they're taking Division Four. No question. No question. No question. Not even giving anybody a chance. Hey, how about Roosevelt? Let's, let's talk about them. They got the two-headed monster at receiver. They do. They got, I'm just going to call him Brandon Huffman. <laughs> That's not his name, but Brandon, you know, I'm going to call you that because my one of my guys is Brandon Huffman. It's actually Brandon Huffman Dixon. Yeah. They got Chase Williams. And they got Jeremy Musa. Yeah, that's a nice do. little triumvirate. That's a they nice do. little triangle of talent right there. Throwing the ball defensively, both those two guys are going both ways, as you should. I hate seeing highly skilled guys just go one way in high school, man. Put them on both. Unless you're a boss, we have 90 kids. Yeah, but I want to see both those guys go both ways. They do. They went like eight and two or nine and one last. Yeah, That's a good team, and they got everybody back. So they do. I think Roosevelt definitely deserves that number one spot. Before you move on, I loved Roosevelt. About five days ago. What happened? You, then you saw Cajon. Nope. Roosevelt got caught with a hand in the cookie jar. Uh-oh. 
Guys are ineligible? Who? Guys can't play? You got names for me? Guys got to transfer. Who? Hey, listen, man. I Give don't me a have name. All it's transparent truth. I don't have all the facts. I never stopped you before. No, it didn't you don't, stop me You don't before. need facts. You just throw stuff out there. Hopefully it sticks. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's a good that's way to go. Miller. I'll apologize good. later. <laughs> Easier to ask for forgiveness I, than ask permission? Hey, listen. I loved Roosevelt about five days ago. Till that bomb dropped and it got caught with the hand in the cookie jar. Is it about Roosevelt or Corona? Isn't that the same team? No, it's not the same team. Corona's not Roosevelt? No. Roosevelt's not Corona? No. Corona is Corona. Roosevelt is actually Roosevelt, Eleanor. They're both in Corona. Brantley is Whitfield, and Whitfield is Brantley. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but you, you just confused the heck out of our audience right now, <laughs> and, and you just shot yourself in the foot. That's all right. Corona hey. is Coach G. That's okay. Division Five. Roosevelt is okay. a completely different team. Okay. So now My you like bad. Roosevelt. Now okay. you like Roosevelt No, again. I don't. I'm going with Cajon. I think they're going to dominate the division. I'm calling him to go undefeated and win the state championship this year. Okay, I like that. San Juan Hills. They have a guy, Sean Ryan, who's <laughs> right now my number one O-lineman in the, to the, to the 2019 West Coast class. Dude, this monster is really good, by the way. I just I just got I just got tripped up on the monster. That keeps people wondering why I'm just keep tripping. I'm getting getting fired up. Cronin Omar, Clyde Moore, linebacker going oh, yeah, to Colorado. This him. guy plays fast, angry, and aggressive. Love him. Tay Lee. You can't stop him. You can barely hope to contain him. Tay Lee at the tight end. Tay Lee. You can barely hope to even contain that guy. You mentioned Cajon. Um, I think that's definitely... Definitely the top of that division. Murrieta Mesa. I uh, like their quarterback, Jeff Miller. Redondo had some some guys leave. Jamar Jefferson now running the ball for Narbon. Yeah. I, I like I like Redondo before he left. Uh, but for me, I like Roosevelt. I like Cronin Omar. I like Cajon. Just because you picked Cajon, I would probably go with them. But because you did, I'm going to go ahead and say Roosevelt, who's not Corona. They are Roosevelt High School. Chase Williams, Huffman Dixon, Jeremy Musa. I'm gonna go out on the limb and, and pick the number one team, but I like that I like that Cajon team a lot. You took the number one team again, Greg. Hey man, you're I, kind of a homer, aren't you? Number the number I think the most talented team is Cajon. That's the easy call. You you made the homer no, call. No, you made the number, easy they're call. They're number five. Then nobody knows about their talent. They're not hey, even that Wayne good. Wayne Parker's number two. So they're I'm not, I'm gonna discount these rankings right here. <laughs> and just say hey, I want to go back to San Juan Hills real quick. Go. Sean Ryan. When I saw this kid's tape from his sophomore year, I was wow. I thought he was J.J. Watt on offense, excuse me, on defense. And I thought the guy was Tony Baselli on offense. Absolute stud. He kind of reminds me, kind of reminds me a little mixture of, of Usain Bolt, Godzilla, and Kobe Bryant. That's who he kind of reminds me of. That's that, nice. That, that, you like that combination? I, like that. I just threw those three names yeah, out there. Yeah, I know you did. That was I remember, weird. I, I'm waiting for you to say, I saw Sean in third grade, and I know he was going to be good playing that sandbox. No, no, I saw his, his sophomore highlight tape, and I was blown away. I recommended oh, him stud. for Future 50 right off the bat. I think you should get him an invite to that that game you have going on out there in Orlando. You What's know that what? Game now, I want to get him to Future 50 first. I think he's oh, got he's, something to prove out there, but I love nothing him as to a prove. football player. He's, nothing. Get him, in, get him in the real game. Let's skip this future 50, Seth. I'm just joking. That's a great event you guys do. How about D5? D5. We got Paraclete. Yeah. We got Ukaipa, Paloma Valley, St. Joseph, Paramount, Corona. Corona. Oh. They, they, now, that's the Corona team that, that lost a few guys. Oh. Wilson of Long Beach, Los Altos, Ventura. Shout out to my boy, Brandon Huffman, his alma mater. And Salishan. Paraclete, number one. I like Paraclete, Brevin White. Mark my words. I don't know if this is going on in the limb or not. He's going to have a big time year. Talk to Dean Harrington on our drive here. Sure. He said 
He said right now Brevin is looking very, very good. Making all the checks. His confidence is back. The arm looks good. He's got some really good-looking wide receivers. Defensively, he likes their team. Good high school line. Again, no real D1 guys, but just good high school football players up front. I like Paraclete. Sure. Uh, Ukaipa, Paloma, Paramount. Again, my guy Michael Fletcher is the coach over there. Just devastated by transfers once again, but he's going to coach those guys up. Talk about Corona for a second. Again, they had a loaded squad, several centennial transfers. We can probably talk about that just for a little bit. Uh, those guys, Manny Allen, Jaden Navarrete, um, Shane Illingworth, uh, Marcus Johnson, all those guys are leaving Corona. That would have been probably an easy pick because sure. Coach G, the you know Ron Geringer, he's he's going to run a dynamic offense. It's a centennial offense. Those guys are all leaving. Um, Corona, I don't know about them competing this year with with all that attrition. Well, to me, Greg, it seems like we all can take something away from this situation. I understand high school sports and the competitive edge and the competitive nature of it. But we've got to do things right, Greg. I understand everybody wants to win. I understand you want to get to a place where you can win. But that does not include, and I'm not saying anybody did, but I'm just putting it out there, breaking rules. You have to know what the rules are, and you have to abide by them. If you can't do that, you put yourself at risk for fiascos like what's going on in Corona right now. Guys check in. Guys got to check out. Some guys are sitting out not playing a year because they choose to. Some guys are transferring to Orange County schools. I mean, it's just a total circus, and it's an embarrassment. Adults and student-athletes, we got to do better. We got to get it together. If you ask me, play for your local high school. Compete for your community. This just can't go on. It's ridiculous. Guys are transferring two seconds before the first game of the season. We got to do better. We got to do things the right way. Have some integrity. Do things the right way, even when nobody's looking. It means something. That's the definition of integrity, our character, right? I don't know all the details on the whole Corona deal, so I don't want to go and try to speak on that TMZ a little bit. Obviously, it sounds like you know coaches transferred in, players following a coach, players didn't follow the coach. Right. Again, it's all hearsay. You, you hear one side, it's this. You hear one side. Sure. That. But regardless of what's going on, just speaking from a pure football standpoint, uh, Corona at one point had the most talent in this division, and now they don't. Again, I think Coach G is going to coach those guys up. They're going to be good. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be explosive. I just don't know if they have the bodies to match up with some of those other teams, but we'll see. We shall see. How about Division Six? Hey, who divi- jumps who's out? your Division who Five winner? Out? Who's your Division Five winner? Uh, again, going out on a limb, I'm going to probably go with a, a lower seeded team and say Paraclete. <laughs> Taking the number one seed again, huh? Hey, dude, sometimes it's obvious. Hey, you know what, Biggins? For, they won a state title last year, so it's not I like I'm... I see a trend forming here, Biggins. I, I go with the best team, man. You must be picking Alabama this year to win the national title. No. I got a sleeper pick. I haven't decided who that's going to be, but I don't like Bama. Alabama's, it's not going to be Bama. Alabama's practice squad. No, you, no. Hey, so my sleeper pick, my sleeper pick to win Division Five, Ventura. Love their coaching. They always got good players. They always have a good system. They're a very good program. So Ventura, you're you are to, my pick. You talked to Brendan Huffman or something. He, you know what? He might, he might have shot me a tag and made me shoot him out. A holler, Ventura High School is alma mater. 
That's all right. Division five. That's my pick. Yeah. I'm, Let's a, go Dean, to I'm a big six. Dean Harrington guy. I think he's okay. going to he's, he's do well. Dean's a great yeah, guy. I love him as a coach. D6. Yep. Saugus, Newport Harbor, Golden Valley, St. Paul, Miracosta, Summit, Crescenta Valley, San Gorgonio, Bishop Diego, and Elsinore. I tell a quick San, Gor- San Gorgonio story. My Go senior year, OCMU High School. Yep. First time our school has ever made the playoffs. OCMU High School is not Long Beach Poly in terms of football tradition. Basketball. Basketball, we had, we had some dudes. Okay. Class of 1990, we get to play San Gorgonio in the first round. They had a guy by the name of Ron Rivers. Ooh. You ever heard of Ron Rivers? Yes, I have. Fresno State, mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the best high school football players you've ever seen. This particular game, Ron Rivers rushes for 1,000 yards, has a pick six, Knocked our team out of the playoffs in the first round. San Gargonia, I never, ever forgot that name or that guy, Ron Rivers. Enough about that. Uh, D6, wide open. I'll be uh, brutally honest. I don't know a lot about the player personnel on this roster. I know Golden Valley obviously has some guys. Got a couple big-time transfers. Golden Valley, Gabe Floyd. He'll be the best player in this division for sure. Summit. They lost a guy named Stephen Carr, who will play at USC this year. Stephen Carr is special. Um, Elsinore always seems to be pretty good. Saugus is everyone seems to be talking about Saugus quite a bit. Um, but just because you're going to tease me, I'm not going to pick Saugus. Oh, interesting. I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to pick Golden Valley. Golden Valley. Okay. Just because. Just to be different. <laughs> just, just to be to a be little different. different. Yeah. They, hey, they got they got a guy who just transferred over there that can play a little bit. Linebacker from Hawkins, a two way player. Yep. All right. So yep. hey, Gabe. Go out there and do your thing, lead the team, and uh, handle your business. I'm going to go with Miracosta. Okay. Uh, big time all, big time volleyball school, man. Big time volleyball school, but really good coach. Always has a solid program. He's won a couple CIF titles. I think they're going to do a pretty good job. So those are our picks for Divisions 1 through 6, Greg. What do you think? I think they're good. I think, I think it's not uh, bad. I mean, obviously, we have a right to change our picks once we see these teams, if we choose to. You'll be changing after week zero. There's no question about it. I don't think I'll be choosing changing that quickly. Uh, not that quickly. Uh, I, I like my picks. So we want to move on to our Sleeper of the Week really quick, Greg. Let's do it. Sleeper of the Week, Sleeper of the week sponsored by Sit and Sleep, our guy Larry Miller. Shout out to him over at Sit and Sleep, showing the transparent truth some love. Our sleeper of the week is going to be Caden Bell over at Servite, the the quarterback, the dual threat. Really loved him versus Sarah. Think he's going to start to get some Division I attention. Can throw it, can run it. Quick on the edges. He's got a nice deep ball. Saw him threading the needle to the seam route to Spencer Lytle for a touchdown. Really liked him. Very elusive in the pocket. Keeps his eyes downfield. Doesn't just take off to run. Sleeper of the week, Caden Bell. He balled out against Sierra, Greg. We oh, like him as a player. That. I believe that. Good choice. I like that. Now they got guys. Servite's going to be good. They're going to be fun. Yeah. I, I think the, the demise is well, well premature. Talking about the Friars. My tip of the week. You got a tip of the week, too. You got a tip of the week, I man. can't wait to hear this. Be careful what you ask for. Because you just might get it. You just might get it. Okay. Last week, I said, hey, I need to get back into coaching. Uh-oh. You better be careful what you ask for. This week had a little bit of an issue. My six-year-old son's team at the Cerritos Vipers, they played the Carson Colts in a scrimmage after having their equipment for one day. If you know anything about the Carson Colts, Pop Warner, those boys are trained to go. 
That's where I grew up and played. They came over and they smacked us. I'm just a dad on the sidelines. They had 20 plays, Greg, in the scrimmage. They scored on 13 of them. It was a bad day to be a Cerritos Vipers 6U parent. The parents were pissed. The kids were pissed. It was an issue. I can't imagine you just being calm and cool and collected on that sideline. I can't. I just can't see that happening at all. Well, you know what? Again, one of my and we talked about this on the way over. One of my strong points is being poised, and you know, in the face of adversity. And so, I got a call the next day by the president of the Cerritos Vipers. He asked me that I want to coach. I said, Hell yeah! Like I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> so, I had two days to practice with the kids. First thing we did. Board drill, line up, one-on-one. We're going to learn how to knock somebody off the ball. Second thing we did, two-on-one drills, double team. We're going to learn how to double team at the point of attack and drive the defender's head into the dirt. Well, after two days of practice, we went to go scrimmage the Long Beach Patriots on Saturday. We won the scrimmage 22 to nothing. Pitched a shutout. Pitched a shutout. How'd your boy do? My boy did all right. Yeah, uh, He struggled on defense in the first half. He was getting to the ball, which he's a good athlete. He's going to get to the ball. But when he was getting there, he wanted to grab everybody. Guys were breaking his tackle. And I must have ripped him a new one. I said, you got to stop being soft. you got to come out here and you got to hit. You put your body in front of the ball and run through the ball carrier. He cried. His eyes got watery. The next play went out there. He hit the quarterback, made him fumble, and we got it. Second half on defense, he was a terror. He's running people down, knocking people out. Did a great job. <laughs> Offensively, he had two 50-yard touchdown runs where he busted through, hit the outside, hit the sidelines. And if you've ever seen my little son run, there ain't no six-year-old about to catch him. Played good football. We won 22 to nothing. All the parents were happy. All the kids were happy. First game we lost against Carson Coates when I wasn't coaching. We lost 77 nothing. So I don't want to take credit for everything, Greg, but there yes, was a, you do. There yes, was a you 99 do. point turnaround in those two games. Carson Colts a little bit better than the team you guys played last week. Just a little, a little bit. Just a little bit. But just a little bit. Don't need to say but that. That's not important. That's not important. You guys won the football game. The only thing is important is the, is the the progression and the improvement I like that it. we made. I like that. And so shout out to my squad now, the Cerritos Vipers 6U. Okay. Now every week we're gonna have to be giving an update on how you guys are matching up and if it, even if it's ugly, I want to hear the update. Most importantly, Greg, be careful what you ask for. My tip of the week, you just might get it. That's why I don't ask for anything. I just go with the flow. Just whatever happens, happens. Ain't nothing wrong with that, baby. So I think that kind of brings us to a wrap today, Greg. What do you think? I mean, should we talk about some games or are we running out of time here? We got some got some games to maybe mention. Yeah, we, so we got some Week Zero games coming up. That'll be that'll be another show. Yeah. Which you want to throw a little? Do we yeah. do we say that? Do people know we have two shows coming up? Why don't you go and let them know? So starting this week, we're going to have two shows: our normal Wednesday show, which is going to be what you just heard, recruiting, news events, controversies, uh, who performed the previous week, and then Friday is going to just be specifically a preview of those big games this coming weekend. So for example, this Friday is Week Zero. There are several elite games, ten to twelve games. We're going to talk about those teams, those players, those coaches, and we're going to preview the heck out of them match-ups. starting this Friday. Matchups. Absolutely. Match-ups. It's all about matchups, baby. Yep, all about matchups. So we're looking forward to that, expanding to two times a week. Looking forward to giving you guys something to listen to that can not only entertain you, but inform you. 
okay? Inform you so that you can make the best decisions for you and your family and for your school and your team. So without further ado, I want to bring this baby to a close. Social media drops. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach Keith underscore MP. You can follow my boy at Greg Biggins. You can follow us on our Twitter page, TransTruth92. Follow us, follow us on Instagram, TransTruth Show, the Transparent Truth Show. Mama, there goes that man. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. <laughs>